You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. My good friend, Ebeth, is back again. Thank you so much, Ebeth, for being on my podcast. My pleasure. And would you like to... Um, tell us why you decided to choose this topic today. <laughs> yes. So um, I decided I would like to talk about the female characters in media and especially movies who have inspired us, um, especially when we were kids and in our growing up years, because this is something that I think Kendra has a lot of really interesting things to say about. And so I hope that you will do a lot of sharing today about, yeah. Um, some of the ways that you were inspired and that you evolved in your thinking about um, the female characters in in movies and in media um, as you were growing up. And I'm excited to hear your stories as well, because we we have talked about this before, and (laughs) it's very interesting to hear your um, opinions and perceptions on female characters just in general, whether in movies or books. Yeah, well, I think all of your female listeners can relate to this sort of conundrum of trying to find female characters in movies and media who represent us and who inspire us and who we feel are are properly fully human characters in addition to being female. <laughs> yes. So you had some um, questions that we could talk about. And the first one is male or female <coughs> Who did you want to be when you were playing as a kid? Yes. Yeah. Did you do a lot? I mean, I know probably you did. We, we actually grew up together, you and I, but um, <laughs> because of the age difference, which is, seems so piddly now that we're adults, mm-hmm. um, but five years is, is quite, I'm the older one, by the way, confessing. Um, <laughs> so it, it did seem like quite a difference back when we were kids. So we didn't do a lot of playing together, although I do have memories of um, a pirate ship in your backyard. I don't remember what it really was, but it was definitely <laughs> a pirate ship when we were there. Oh, yes, it But was. yeah, I did a lot of um, imaginative play, and I know that you did as well. So yeah, what, what were your, what sort of worlds did you build with your friends and with your sister, and what kind of characters did you want to be? We played Jedi a lot. <laughs> nice. Uh, we because that was when the prequels were coming out for the Star Wars series. So we got mm. lightsabers. And here's, here's just the thing. It, a purple lightsaber made a big difference in my life. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> even though it is um, Mace Windu's character, who is a, a man in the Star Wars series, I feel like a lot of girls were like, yes, purple lightsabers. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jedi... We, we and and it it was sometimes we were played in movie characters or we made up our own most often we made up our own in which case I was a female Jedi with my own special powers and stuff um I do remember <laughs> a fight I had with one of my friends about which one of us would get to be Qui-Gon <laughs> <laughs> that's a legitimate fight. I mean, that's, that's an important outcome Ooh, there. It, it, <laughs> yes. 
And then I also really liked to imagine that I was Zoro. And mm. I even made a rather elaborate Zoro outfit. And <laughs> um, I really, because Zoro is kind of like Batman in that I feel like it's the, the symbol. <laughs> and mm. so I always thought, well, a girl could be Zoro. That's true. It's not who you are. It's what you do that defines you. Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember playing as her, but Eowyn was an important character mm-hmm. in my childhood. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very legit. <laughs> and you? Yeah. <clears throat> so this is, I think, where our age difference becomes a little bit important I only had the original Star Wars trilogy when I was a kid. So we did a lot of playing Star Wars as well. But as you can imagine, there was not a lot of, um, not a lot of female options there. And um, I was not really interested in being Princess Leia. I wanted to be a bounty hunter or, you know, and even a stormtrooper. My gosh, at least they get to, you know, do run around and do more interesting things. She does do get to do some interesting things, but she also um, just wasn't a... I think mostly I hated the fact that whenever me and my brothers and her friends were playing Star Wars, it was like, oh, and you'll be Princess Leia. And I was like, um, no, I'd rather be a Wookiee, personally. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Zorro was also a big one for me. I grew up on the old, just really terrible, they do not age well, the old terrible Zorro show where you've got, you know, a young lady recently arrived from Spain. We've watched those <laughs> since and it's, it's cringy and awesome and hilarious. So, so actually the release of The Mask of Zorro, which I was mm-hmm. in high school when that happened, that was a big deal for me. Uh-huh. Um, because, yeah, it was like an, an updated Zorro movie with a pretty cool female character in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to be Zorro. But probably my main character that I always wanted to be was Robin Hood. I mm. loved Robin Hood. I'd read all the Robin Hood stories. I loved the old Disney Robin Hood and the old Errol Flynn Robin Hood. And so if I couldn't be Robin Hood, I was like, okay, you know, there's, there's Will Scarlet, there's Alan Adale, there's all these great characters that you can be. And so it was fun. And when doing that, it's like, even if people would object to a girl being Robin Hood, you could at least get away with being one of the merry men. Oh, yes. (laughs) I think I spent a a portion of my childhood being little John because I was the the tallest. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, he's pretty great, too. He is. I, he gets to I, fight Robin Hood and win. So you exactly, know. <laughs> yes. We spent a lot of time re-playing um, the staff fight over the log. That was, yeah, that was definitely a big deal. We probably did that more than the archery competition, probably just because we didn't have any bows and arrows, but we had lots of sticks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it's interesting that you pointed out there's so few female characters in some of these things that. When you're playing with a group, especially if there's a bunch of boys, it's automatically assumed you're going to be Maid Marian or you're going to be Princess Leia because that is the only choice. Mm -hmm. And I, I know we have talked a little bit about the frustration of there's only one choice and, and now 
Hollywood is starting to say we need more female characters, but they still haven't given us a lot of variety. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> when did you sort of come to the realization that you wanted more or a different kind of female characters? That is an excellent question. And I'm not sure because I was very content having like Clint Eastwood be my role model for a while. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I, I, I tried to like be Clint Eastwood because I thought he was really cool. Uh, I would actually say later in life, like in my 20s, I would say I started mm. really looking at things and going, now, wait a minute. Why can't there be a female Zorro or more than one female character in the Avengers? I know there are more now, but when it started out, there was just Black Widow and that's it. Yeah. How about you? You know, I, a little bit similar. I had a great time being Robin Hood and the Merry Men and, you know, King Arthur and all of those characters and I, I didn't really feel the, the need to have female characters because I think I just didn't really realize that female characters, like, I didn't really think about the fact that they were all men. I yeah. was just, they were just fun. They were just characters. It was make-believe. But I do have one specific memory of my parents were babysitting a couple of boys and I, we couldn't have been more than like, I don't know, I was probably eight years old or so. And we were playing in the basement and um, they were like, Hey, let's play Indiana Jones. And I had never seen any of the Indiana Jones movies. And so I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And they're like assigning parts and these names don't mean anything to me, except then they all started arguing about which movie we were playing because each movie had one female character. And so depending which movie oh. we were playing, I would have to be that person. Oh, and they wow. were arguing about it because basically what I realized is none of them liked any of the female characters. And so no matter what happened, I would have to be this totally unlikable person. Hmm. And so um, I hmm. have since seen um, the movies and I, they're not my favorite probably because I waited until too late in life to, um, watch them. And I do think that there are some redeeming qualities to the female characters. However, that was the first time that I sort of realized like, oh, I, I want to be somebody cool. Like, mm -hmm. and also I want options. Like I, I yes. want to be able to choose. And so, yeah, like you at the time, I was like, I want options. So yeah, sorry, I'm just going to be one of the male characters. And that was fine with me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, getting older and feeling like, well, gosh, it sucks to be a girl because girls don't do anything interesting. And all the cool stories are about guys. And um, I think, yeah, that probably high school was when I started being like, you know what? I want to be happy to be a girl and I'm not. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that this is of course just one small part of it, but representation in media was something that I started realizing I really wanted. Well, and also in, in media, the girl just is usually the love interest. Because right. for sure in Indiana Jones, that's basically all they are. 
and they mm-hmm. they don't really they don't even last to another movie right I mean, unless, unless you count the fourth one but i don't really count the fourth one we're not going to go there <laughs> <laughs> with the with the guys you have do you want to be this interesting this character or this interesting character or do you want romance to be your defining character feature <laughs> right yeah and i think um lord of the rings of course I loved the books, but the movies didn't come mm-hmm. out till I was in college. And so that wasn't really something that came up as something that we played as kids necessarily. Although I did watch that really bizarre animated version of it <laughs> when I was a kid that yes. I think you've seen as well. Yes. yes, where nobody wears any pants. And it's and I was like, I never understood the plot of that. And then I think you and I rewatched it together recently. And we were like, yes. yeah, no, that's because it makes no sense. Like it makes it, no I, sense. I don't, sometimes you rewatch movies you didn't understand as kids and you're like, yeah, that was way over my head. And that one was just like, no, no, it just, there's no, <laughs> there's no understanding this. It doesn't make any sense. But the Aowen character did make a big impression on me. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that. I think I've mentioned this in another podcast with someone, but I had the the record book version of the animated Lord of the Rings at my local library. And I know that that's oh, really convoluted, but um, what it was, <laughs> it was this little record and you'd play it and it had like some of the audio from the movie and it would correspond with different pages of the book and you would go through them and I loved that AON part and it, it was so oh, funny as wow. I have really vivid memories of that and and like that was so cool I have no idea what happened in the rest of it like it's yes like random, exactly random, the same random. <laughs> yeah and then there's this random guy giving a long monologue about something and I don't know who he is or what he's yapping about and then she cuts off the head of the witch king oh my gosh and, and then you don't people wander who- around and yeah. I don't even know <laughs> well and it doesn't even really introduce her or anything like you have no, no. idea who she is or what her deal is and it's <laughs> exactly. just like randomly and over here Eowyn confronts yes. the witch king and you're like I am no man cool. and you're like what that <laughs> yes. is so awesome who is that lady? I don't know. We're done now. Moving on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Those are strange times. Yes. Now, um, kind of a bunny trail, but oh, good. How do you feel about Eowyn in the movie? In the in the in the the live action movie, like mm. the movie where things make sense. <laughs> the movie and, where you get context. And people wear pants, you know. And people <laughs> wear pants, yeah. Well, um, I think the thing about Eowyn and all the characters in Lord of the Rings, which I just finished rereading the books with my daughter, and you know, it's like, come on, Tolkien, you do know that females are a thing, right? Um, but like Every single one of them is described as being incredibly beautiful, Mm. like including Eowyn. That's Mm -hmm. like, yes, she's awesome. And she defeats the Witch King of Angmar and she's, yeah, a warrior, but she's also just ethereally beautiful. And that isn't all she is like the other, the elf ladies, the only other female characters, but she, um, but yeah, that's still a, a big defining characteristic of her. And I think that's something that it's a little hard for me to stomach is just that that is a defining characteristic of all of the female characters. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I think the, the 
actress in the new movies does does a pretty good job. Um, she's a little bit, I don't know, moody and um, there's moments when I'm like, ugh, come on. But then rereading the books, I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's pretty accurate. You're like, oh my gosh, drama, drama. Like, the boy doesn't like you. That sucks. Eat some ice cream and strap on your sword and move on with your life, you know. I, I think I like her better having reread the books recently and being like, yeah, you know what, that actually is kind of, she is just sort of like, oh, I've been rejected. Now I must seek for death. That is my only hope in life is to die honorably on the battlefield now since I have nothing to live for, except like a kingdom that you're in charge of. Come on, lady. So See, that, that brings me to like the idea of choice, of, mm. of having multiple choices, because, you know, I had as a, a very young child, this impression of this cool warrior lady. And that's all, you know, that short little scene. And that's all you know about her. And then I, yeah. I got a little older. My mom read the books to me. I'm so glad you got to read the books with your daughter. I think that's so mm. cool. Yeah. But in the books and then watching the movie, I, I, my favorite version of Eowyn is the stupid animated one because she's, <laughs> I identify more with her. Versus yes. She's so sad and, and, and the books and the, and the movie and it, she's just really depressed and that it's like, well, no, I, maybe I don't really want to be like her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and choice, like you say, I think what I, want and even what I wanted on some level as a kid is not so much better quality as much as more quantity. There mm -hmm. are some quality female characters in these. I would say that Eowyn is a quality female character. Yes. But she's yes. all we get, just like Black Widow. She has to take the burden on her shoulders in those early Avengers movies of representing the entire race of females. And that's just not fair. And so we, we need more quantity, really, and more diversity. Totally agreed. What was it that, um, that you wanted in female characters that you didn't have? Or what was it that made you not feel represented by Eowyn or by the female characters that you had as a kid? Basically, the, the whole being a love interest thing. Because mm. I that's never really been an important thing for me of having mm -hmm. a relationship or a romantic relationship. So then it kind of felt like, well, couldn't, couldn't the girl just like do f cool things and not have to fall in love with the guy? Yeah. <laughs> because they all do. <laughs> right. Because we don't get enough of them because, because the guy also falls in love with the girl. But yeah. there's also 25 other guys who don't. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that was, that was a big one mm -hmm. for me. How about for you? Yeah, well, I won't say that relationships and stuff were not interesting to me, but they definitely weren't really a part of my experience. <laughs> and so um, as far as that goes, I... I am not an ethereally beautiful person. And, you know, that's just, that's just part of life. That's just how it goes for most of us females. Like, we're all beautiful in our own way, 
But, you know, to have that be the defining characteristic, like, yeah, I'm not winning any beauty pageants. And so I think for me, that idea of the defining characteristics of being female um, is physical beauty. And then sort of the, I, you know, growing up in the 90s, I saw the switch from like sort of the sweet and domestic, which is really not me, to the total like kick ass, I don't need no man, I'm awesome, and I can sword fight better than men and do all this stuff, which is also not really me. And so all of that, I was like, well, okay, I mean, I guess that's good that now we have these nine who are being independent and stuff, but I don't really relate to that either. Like, I, I am not more athletic than men, and I don't sword fight, and <laughs> so I don't really know, you know, I... That's cool. We've got a little bit of variety now, but, but I still didn't really feel represented. And now it's time for a random quote from our guest. So my random quote is from Dorothy Sayers, who this is also my recommendation. If anybody has not read anything by Dorothy Sayers, she, um, she was actually a contemporary of J.R.R. Tolkien and a, a I believe they, they knew each other as well. And C.S. Lewis, and she has um, some really interesting mystery novels and stuff, but she has this great essay called Are Women Human? And I'm going to read a quote from that that I just think is hilarious and on point. So this is what she says, quote, let me give one simple illustration of the difference between the right and the wrong kind of feminism. Let us take a terrible business of the women who go about in trousers. We are asked, why do you want to go about in trousers? They are extremely unbecoming to most of you. You only do it to copy the men. To this we may very properly reply, it is true that they are unbecoming. Even on men, they are remarkably unattractive. But as you men have discovered for yourselves, they are comfortable, they do not get in the way of one's activities like skirts, and they protect the wearer from drafts about the ankles. As a human being, I like comfort and dislike drafts. If the trousers do not attract you, so much the worse. For the moment, I do not want to attract you. I want to enjoy myself as a human being. And why not? That is the best quote. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Dorothy Sayers, she rocks. I wish I could have had that in my teenage years and didn't want to wear skirts at all. <laughs> I know, right? I, and it was written down, but we just didn't discover her until later. Oh, I didn't discover her till college. And apparently you are discovering her now. You're welcome. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing this. All right. Well, I want to know who were some of the first female characters that really you felt represented you and that sort of lit a fire and made you feel like, yeah, that's someone I want to be. So this is an odd one and I don't necessarily relate to her, but there are some things I really appreciate. And that is Elizabeth Swan in Pirates of the mm. Caribbean. Yes. And I really like how when the pirates are invading her home, she immediately goes and tries to get a sword off of the wall. And I also yeah. like the ensuing humor of that it's part of a wall decoration and she can't get it loose. So she has to abandon <laughs> it and do something else. And I felt like that kind of counteracted some of that. I, I call her like the cold kick-ass woman. Of like, <laughs> she can do no wrong. There, there. That you were talking about how in the '90s of like the strong fighter girl, 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's like nothing, she can't say anything funny, nothing right. wrong ever happens to her. <laughs> so I feel like that little moment kind of helped. I I still would say Jack Sparrow is still my favorite character. Like I wanted to be Jack Sparrow, well, not obviously. Elizabeth, because obviously. <laughs> but I feel like that was it. That was like, oh, I liked that. That And if we, cool. and then it, it, if we amended it to feminine characters instead of female characters, Jack counts. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> this is kind of sad, but uh, in the in the Star Wars prequels, in the background, you see female Jedi. And mm. weirdly enough, up until that point, um, I was I was twelve when the Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. And I really liked playing Star Wars before then, but I I would play Princess Leia a lot, or I was it wasn't really well formed of how I wanted to play Star Wars, I guess. But after I saw <laughs> the Phantom Menace, it's like I can be a Jedi, and I don't have to be Luke Skywalker to do it. That was like a big thing for me. And then looking back, mm-hmm. it's like in the entire up and and if and if you don't count the last three Star Wars movies, there are no female Jedi who have any speaking lines. <laughs> hmm, that's but they true. Were, but they were in the background, so. They were there. They were there. Hmm. What, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first time I watched a movie and really felt like, oh my gosh, like I could be that person. Um, was when I was 10 and I went to see Beauty and the Beast in theaters. And I'm not really a Disney princess kind of girl, but watching Belle and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, she's nerdy and she reads books. Like that's the kind of person I can relate to. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, granted, she's also very beautiful and, you know, like, oh, Gaston, the most handsome and wanted men in town wants to marry me. Woe is me and all of that. I don't know. There was just something about watching somebody who wants to go on an adventure, you know, Mm -hmm. that she wants to go and do something more than just what's normal, what everyone around her is doing. And so that, that was a big moment for me. There were a few other, I didn't actually watch any movie versions until later, but the book Jane Eyre made a big impression on me when that I read when I was in high school, Um, just because she is specifically described as unattractive. Like that's one of her characteristics. And, you know, later reading about that, that um, Charlotte Bronte specifically wanted to, it was like a bet that she said, you know, I, I could write an unattractive female main character that people would still want to read about because people were like, no, you can't, nobody wants to read a book about a girl unless she's beautiful. And so that it was sort of like on a bet that she wrote this book. And writing a fully formed, fully human, you know, interesting, colorful, principled, flawed character that people really responded to that. And it's still considered a classic. And there's a reason for that. So that one, that was a big deal for me too, discovering her. One other that I will mention is, um, I really don't remember how I managed to come across this, but For some reason, with somebody or, I don't know, on an airplane or something, I ended up watching the TV movie of The Mists of Avalon. And being a big fan of the Arthurian legends, I was hooked and I was watching and I was like, wait a minute, there's more than one female in the 
in the Arthurian legends. <laughs> Later, you know, I realized this is specifically a feminist retelling of the Arthurian legends, which if I had heard that, I probably would never have been interested because I feel like, I don't know, in general, I'm like, oh, yawn, like these are good stories, don't mess with them. But instead, I managed to watch it before I knew anything about it. And the character of Morgan Le Fay was a really interesting and relatable character. That like mm. the most important thing about this character is the fact that she loves her little brother, Arthur, her, her half-brother or stepbrother. Or I don't remember exactly how that worked. But anyway, she's like this fiercely protective sister and this, you know, and then she's being manipulated by all of these people in her life and, you know, stuff happens and whatever. But she's, she's just this interesting and round character who's who you can feel like, and they do it without totally emasculating the men, which I feel like a lot mm. of the 90s women end up doing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they're totally humorless and unrelatable. And then also it's like all the men are just these wimps. And it's like, well, can't we admire everyone? Do we have to tear someone down in order to build ourselves up? Isn't that what we don't like that has been happening to us? Is that yes. we feel like we've been torn down there, you know, there are people who feel like they need to tear us down in order to build themselves up. And let's not go that route. And so I guess I felt like they still managed to make Arthur and Lancelot and, um, you know, these, they, they didn't turn them into characters that you couldn't like or admire or enjoy, which I appreciated because I love Lancelot and King Arthur. <laughs> That's so interesting, especially about how the men are treated. That that reminds me of one of my favorite more recent movies, which is Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, I was going to bring that up if you didn't, because I want to hear you talk about it. <laughs> Maybe because I talk about it a lot. <laughs> uh, because I went into that movie totally blind. And, you know, it's called Mad Max. And then <laughs> right. the original movie's... Uh, there's some interesting female characters in there. Nothing really stand out. But um, in Mad Max Fury Road, it's not really about Mad Max. It's about Furiosa, who is probably my current favorite female character because she is flawed, but she is determined. And she, uh, like you were saying about it, the whole thing with the men in these movies. I really love how Furiosa and Mad Max work together to accomplish things. And they're constant there mm -hmm. at the beginning, there's like this tension and they're fighting each other because they, they have opposing goals at that point, but then they realize they have very similar goals. And then there's just complete trust. And, you know, he's letting her, she's the better shot. So he lets her use his shoulder as a, a, a gun stand and <laughs> she she knows that at some point he has to drive the truck because she has to do something else so she's like hit the gas and I, I really really love that hmm. and I also love that she I think conventionally she is supposed to be rather beautiful but she's covered in grease and she's missing an arm which is so interesting and different to me Hmm. I I really like her as a character. And and 
I think a main thing I, I know I already said it, but is that she is flawed and she makes a bad decision that costs them dearly. Mm. And then she has to recover from that. Hmm. And I feel like that's something that's still not uh, really prevalent in a lot of female characters. If they, they tend to be a little bit perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, that I, I totally get. My female character, rather different, Mad Max Fury Road and um, <laughs> Kiki's Delivery Service would be mine, mm. the animated Ghibli film, um, which is about a, a, I guess, 12-year-old witch who is, it's time, like it, when they're 12, they go off and into the world and seek their fortunes. And um, yeah, she's just a really interesting full character and there's a lot of good female characters in that movie and there's a love interest a really sweet young guy that she meets that just I mean it, it just totally flips on its head all of the tropes that we are used to in movies that you know Usually it's a young man going out to seek his fortune and meeting a mentor and losing his confidence and trying to find his way in the world. And then the girl who he loves is in trouble. And so he digs deep and somehow finds it within himself to do what he needs to do to save her. And we're used to that trope. But in Kiki's delivery service, without being ostentatious about it, it just flips all of that on its head. And so that one I didn't discover until I was a little bit older, but I was like, oh, this is great. This is a fantastic way to look at the world differently and see that, that girls want to go out and seek their fortunes and have adventures too. So, yeah. Well, and something that you've pointed out to me about Kiki's Delivery Service is that there are a, quite a variety of women. Of There's an older woman and the the artist who lives in the woods. Right. Exactly. The mentor. And there's this great moment too in that one where like a driver calls them. He's like, um, calls them gentlemen or something like that. He's like, hey guys. And she's like, what? You thought I was a boy with legs like this? And they both <laughs> just laugh. And it, I, I just find that so endearing that it's like, you know, they're, they're dr she's dressed in this big floppy straw hat and whatever. But, but yeah, she's like, no, I'm a girl and I'm proud to be a girl. <laughs> so you have a daughter. You have a wonderful daughter. I do. I have what? two wonderful daughters. You do. You have two <laughs> wonderful daughters. What are some of the movies or characters are you excited to share with them? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, honestly, I'm excited to introduce those old stories. I, I'm not against them, you know, wanting to, to play Zorro and Star Wars and stuff. And, um, and I'm glad there's more female characters and female Jedi now in Star Wars, even though um, I, I am a bit disappointed in some of the way yeah, that was done. Just that I, I want more more flaws and more character arcs, you know. Which actually shows up in some of the TV shows. Um, mm. I should mention that other than Ray, 
in the movies, there are no female Jedi who speak. But in the series, especially the Clone Wars and some things around that, there's one of the main characters is is a, a, a girl Jedi and quite mm. young too, um, Ahsoka. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's true. She's a good one. And there's a couple other female Jedi who come in and out of that. And boy, what I would have given for that when I was 12. Because yeah. <laughs> there's variety. There's the um, the Twi'lek. What, there's the Jedi. She she has the, she's blue and she has the head tails. And she has a French accent. And then there's <laughs> another one who dresses all in black and is really cool. And so there's like at least three or four in this series which is pretty great yay quantity and variety quantity and variety that's all we're asking (laughs) yes well uh my my girls currently are 10 and 3 and so they're um not ready probably for some of these um but i am excited eventually to show them um the tv series firefly i think mm. that is a really fun one too that has a variety of of female characters who do a variety of different things yes um and just yeah they're just part of the crew it's not like a big deal it's not like oh it's a girl it's just yeah she's one of the crew members <clears throat> and does what she's good at i really like some of the newer um Disney movies and how how the the female characters have agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Tangled. I think that's a great one. And yes, mm-hmm. of course, you've got the love interest and stuff. But but yeah, I love it that there's a whole generation of girls who are obsessed with Elsa who never has a love story arc. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's very cool. As much as I I do have some issues with those movies, but I think it's great that that our girls can can grow up with. With that being one of the choices, you know, mm-hmm. that you can just be an awesome magical ice queen and not a princess who's going to get married and live happily ever after. That there's always more adventures to have. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just read Lord of the Rings, which is so great. And in spite of the lack of female characters, I just think great, great literature and great stories to fire imaginations are awesome. But I am also glad that there are some some good stories. Like I like that they're making a big deal about Mulan. I mean, okay, I um, as mm-hmm. the only white person in my family, we're talking about female representation here. But but I'm part of an Asian family, and I love that there's m- more choices of in Asian representation mm-hmm. um, in movies too. And so the Mulan movie, I similarly to Ray, it's like, oh, let's see some flaws and some some character arc here um, would be more interesting because we are we are fully human too. We're not just all born perfect and full of chi or whatever it's supposed to be in the live action movie. <laughs> the force? Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's not like, okay, either the force is strong with you or it's not. Well, it's obviously not strong with me. So <laughs> the end of that. But if there could be some showing of like the the working hard and and gaining recognition and stuff, I, I feel like that would be more beneficial um, to our girls. But yeah, I do love it that there, that there are these, these awesome characters. I'm still a, a bigger fan of the old, um, Disney Mulan, which I have always really liked. I was actually yeah. in college when it came out, 
but my little brothers were still very, very small and they watched that one like on repeat. So I remember coming home for like a Christmas break or something and they watched it like every day. And I was like, this is actually a great movie. Like, I don't mind that they're watching it over and over again. Like, oh, my favorite song's on. I'm going to go in and watch it with them. Um, and so I really do think that that's a great one too, where she's, she's not trying to like prove anything mm-hmm. and she's not like the best. In fact, she sucks and gets kicked out of the army because she sucks <laughs> so bad. Yes. And, and yet figures out, you know, how to use her own strengths to, to help the people that she loves and to do what she needs to do. And I love that. I love that it doesn't have to be physical strength. It can be a different way. I think you have watched more movies with at least my older daughter than I have. (laughs) So I want to ask you too, who are some of the the female characters that you're excited to introduce um, little girls to now and that you're excited that the next generation gets to grow up with? Wow, um, I totally forgot about Mulan, and Mulan, that's not new, but that's, I think that's a wonderful movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the original Disney, the animated one. Agree, yeah. the one that I prefer. Uh, I also like some of the newer ones. Um, I think Encanto. Hmm. I haven't um, seen that one yet. My yeah. daughter keeps telling me I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. See, now one. she's introducing me to great <laughs> movies. It is good. And there um, there are many female characters in that one. And what's really fun is there's one, she's beautiful and she is really strong and she looks strong. Like she has huge arms. and <laughs> Nice. And that's not conventionally beautiful. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's there's several different female characters in that one. Um, I believe, you know, not for little girls, but for, I would say, teenagers and young women, definitely Mad Max, Fury mm-hmm. Road. And I would also say that there's this little Netflix series called The Dark Crystal Rise of the Resistance. It is a prequel series to a rather bizarre film that was made in the 80s by Jim Henson. Yeah, but I, did. I, <laughs> yeah. I know that one. <laughs> it's, I don't like the original movie, but for some reason I decided to watch this prequel series, which ha- happened like 2019, I want to say. And um, they're all puppets because Jim Henson. But this this Rise of the Resistance series, the main characters are all female. There's like, and there's so much variety. There's this girl who grew up in these underground caverns and she's kind of made fun of for her looks because she looks different than the others. And then there's this princess and her her how many sisters are there? Her two sisters and her mother. And then this other girl who does things. And I, I watched it twice. I loved it so much. And it was on the second viewing. I was like, wow, there's a lot of female characters in this. Hmm. That's great. I'll have to put that on my list. Yeah. That one, it's a little scary, 
but I would say like 11 and up would probably mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Cool. Well, I feel we would be remiss if we didn't mention some of the superhero movies. Um, Wonder Woman. I really oh, enjoyed yes. that one. I thought oh, that was yes. a great. Um, on many levels, um, actually, I really liked that movie. But I mean, the fact that there's this whole island full of these kick-ass ladies, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a good fight <laughs> scene with the Amazon women? Also, this is a side note. This is not about our topic. You can cut this out later if you want to. But I love the fact that the sacrifice at the end of the movie is not the immortal main character. Mm. That it's an actual sacrifice by an actual human who actually sacrifices himself to save others. It's not just a, you know, Captain America goes into the ice for 70 years, but everybody knows he's okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's an actual, like, it's the human who says, you know, the, the, the problem, the problem of evil. I mean, gosh, it's such a, I can't remember who said it, but, but the, the idea of, you know, the line between good and evil does not go between nations or, you know, it goes right through every human heart. And then that's basically a paraphrase of that is what the main male character in, and Wonder Woman says, he's like, we're all part of the problem. And then he sacrifices himself. So anyway, there's a lot of great things about that movie. But yeah, just a, an awesome female character who is, you know, yeah, she's over the top, beautiful and kick-ass and powerful. But she also loves babies and ice yes. cream. And yes. like, I don't know, it's just like they, they make her relatable and not just the best and everybody else can suck it you know it's like she's she's actually more human than a lot of the human female characters um in some of these newer movies yes i agree have you seen any of the other um like female led i okay i know that this is not technically a female superhero movie but black panther <gasps> oh was we could a talk great a- one yes. Oh, for yes. variety, female role models and representation. And I was like, dude, this is great. All the women in there were so different and interesting. And if I could get away with being bald, I would totally dress up as any of them for Halloween. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to see my bald head or the ears that stick out of it. <laughs> But yes, Black Panther was great. Even though none of them were really the title character, there was so much, again, just variety. Mm -hmm. Agree. Oh, and I recently saw um, the new Hawkeye series Mm. is about Hawkeye training this girl to be his replacement. And it was really fun. And I would say kind of got... Um, oh, I, I didn't like it too, too much, but there was like this strange Robin Hood-esque thing called Arrow for a while. I feel like this mm. was a female Arrow, but awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Except actually good. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the Black Widow movie? I have not, so I can't comment on that, though I'm I... a fan that she actually finally gets one. Yes, I have not seen that either. Um, okay. But her we won't sis- talk about it then. We won't talk about it, but we will. <laughs> I can say her sister 
uh, shows up in Hawkeye, which is oh. kind of a fun, um, that was a fun twist. Cool. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, there was also <laughs> um, Captain Marvel. I was not as impressed with that one, so I don't have that much to say about it. But um, yeah. Did it you... exists. It exists. Um, it exists. And... That one didn't strike me as deep as others. I do know mm-hmm. several women who connected very deeply to that. So again, good. Yay so for variety. I'm, exactly. I'm happy it exists for the people that it speaks to. Yes. So yeah, yes. I mean, you know, how many loser movies are there with main male characters? Right. <laughs> and yet nobody says, well, it's because you're trying to make a character about a man. <laughs> well, right. no, it's just because the movie kind of sucked. Like, and it's okay to say the movie kind of sucked, even if it has a female lead in it. Exactly. Um, so I do feel like there's a lot of good stuff coming out these days and we'll see what happens. But yeah, thank you so much for bringing this up. I, you know, I love talking about Mad Max and Star Wars. I feel like that's all I really did. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I mean, then mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you. You know, I always love talking to you about these and I'm glad we can share the thoughts with a wider audience. Yeah. I'd love to hear what any of your listeners think too. I don't know. You'll have to teach me how to look at the comments later. (laughs) If anybody, if anybody listens to it and has some recommendations, let's hear them. Yes, please do, because we're always looking for more. Thank you so much for listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. Make sure to check out the artwork I make for every episode on Instagram and Facebook. You can support The Patchwork Girl and Friends by using the Anchor app. And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes.